Kenyon Drake, the new member of the Las Vegas Raiders. 27 years old now. Did not think he was that old, actually, when I was looking at this. Um, but gave us a season, um, a little bit of an up-and-down season. Depends on you know who was whose fantasy roster he was on. But ended up with 955 yards, nine touchdowns. Um, he also caught about... Uh, 137 yards and a touchdown through the air. So 10 total touchdowns. You look at the numbers that way. Finished as RB14 um, in our in our scoring here. Um, but now he goes over to the Vegas Raiders here. And it spells, I don't know what to make of this backfield with Josh Jacobs entering, you know, potentially a contract here for him. I know we can talk about him when we compare the two, but with Drake, I mean, there were times where he looked great in Arizona, and there were times where he looked not so great. And it's really up and down. Uh, I know we talked about how uh, Cliff Kingsbury and uh, Bruce Arians before then, they, they, they're not really guys that run the ball a lot. So... You're not going to see a lot. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of production, I guess, out of Kenyon Drake in that sense. Um, so we hope that John Gruden. But then we think about it and say, "Hey, John Gruden doesn't like to run the ball, um, or he doesn't like to throw to his running backs." That is, he does run the ball. So maybe he has a plan in mind for Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs together. Um, they do have a revamped offensive line, but that's not necessarily a good thing in this case. Um, PFF ranks them as uh, the 25th ranked offensive line going into 2021. Um, not good, not good. We we saw all the guys Whoa. that they have left and let go, like uh, Rodney Hudson and the such. Um, they reached on a first round offensive lineman again in the draft. So the a bad reach. Right. They are right up that alley of what they tend to do uh, in the first round here. Uh, and honestly, if you look at the backfield, Kenyon Drake and J- Josh Jacobs, they tied for the most rush attempts inside the 10 zone, which I know you like, um, and that's 35. I love the 10 they converted, they converted on 20% of those touches. So they both um, scored inside the 10. They're very, very efficient. So... For me, I know Drake missed some time with an uh, undisclosed injury. He just got back to practice the other day here. Um, but to me, I'm worried. I'm just going to start there. So, Kenyon Drake, you mentioned the 13 games played last season. I think that definitely skewed his production a bit. And also the Cardinals offense, I feel like, had uh, some highs and lows of last season. that made it difficult for them to keep uh, that up-tempo offense going that they want to. You saw Kyler um, wasn't sidelined, but he was hampered by an energy, wow, energy, injury that stopped him from running the ball. So that played effect into that offense as well. I'm worried about Kenyon Drake as well. Uh, Going over to this Raiders offense with Josh Jacobs, uh, it does concern me. This the success in the ten zone, while you know, is nice to look at. This is a backfield I want no part of, even with uh, Kenyon Drake's ninth round ADP currently. 
I see him as maybe a guy who's going to have that pass catching upside and PPR and maybe half point PPR if it's, uh, you know, if he's like your fourth running back. But uh, even in a zero running back setting, I'm not going to be targeting Kenyon Drake for my own team. Yeah, I mean, it's basically a coin flip. Um, I'd avoid at all costs. And I know the ninth round does sound very, very, you know, promising for a guy that, again, you know, saw over 230 carries um, and, what, 25 catches last year. You think you can kind of get something out of that. But it didn't look very impressive when he was running. And, you know, to you know realize that he ended up as RB14, it was just kind of a shock, you know. And so I think that – I think you're absolutely right that even in 0RB – formats i'm not sure if i'm taking Kenyon drake over guys going in his area of like zach moss or aj Dillon, for example you know even leonard fournette i might even take a shot of that and see if playoff lenny can carry on into this uh into this next season playoff lenny i love that did you not listen to my tom brady segment where i talked about geo bernard come on man just to talk about guys that are going around Kenyon Drake right now, you're talking about uh, Tony Pollard. So back up to Zeke, a guy who's also flashed some upside. Uh, Devin Singletary, if you want a part of that Bills backfield, that can be such a headache. Uh, and then after that, you know, to look at receivers, you got Antonio Brown, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, and Jarvis Landry even. So I think even in the PPR, half PPR setting, I think I take all those guys over Kenyon Drake. The only thing you can you're you're hoping for not and not necessarily hoping, but uh, Josh Jacobs ha- played 13 games in 2019 and he only played 15 last year. Uh, I say only like that wasn't uh, you know a great thing. Uh, it's a 16 game season, so uh, his health, while some people may look at as concerning. I still think you have to tread lightly with Kenyon Drake. So are you taking, would you, if you had to take a Raiders running back, are you just going to go with Drake or you go with uh, Josh Jacobs, who you're going to have to pay a couple rounds higher? But why? I don't even know why you're asking me this. I know why you're asking well, me. I don't like it. Um, let's see, where are we? Josh Jacobs, you're taking him at the 211. That's around guys like Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown. Man, I think I'd go for David Montgomery or Chris Carson over Josh Jacobs, who are going later than him uh, at the 302 and the 305. So uh, they're at that same spot, kind of in that turn, but I'm thinking I would definitely go with them over josh jacobs yeah i tend to agree um i would probably if i yeah i would take the lower adp on Kenyon drake just because jacobs there's a reason why they brought in drake you know they john gruden's not entirely convinced that what josh Davis can do and i know if you remember last year going into the last year we're talking about how gruden says i'm gonna throw jacobs the ball more um we're going to get him involved in passing situations. And that really didn't manifest itself in, uh, you know, notable fantasy success. You know, I think Josh Jacobs ended up with something around 33 catches on 45 targets. And so, yeah, I mean, for that, 
type of production, I would probably take Kenyon Drake. And, you know, I think you're kind of just hoping for an injury here. Otherwise, I'm going to avoid at all costs. Well, you also have to remember that they have Jalen Richard back there. I believe they signed Bo Scarborough as well. So there's a lot of names in this backfield. And I don't think you're really looking at any of them to be someone who's going to take a lot of the workload away. But we talk about passing downs and we know how much Jalen Richard was used uh, for the passing downs as well. I believe that's who it was. The Raiders have had mm-hmm. so many running backs through the years that it's hard for me to remember. Mm-hmm. But this is a backfield I'm staying away from. Kenyon Drake's uh, rushing stats, his yardage since his rookie year, 950. Oh, excuse me. Um, he's gone up a little bit here. Um, the last two years, he's had uh, what I'd say, well, let's start from his rookie. 170, 179, 644, 535, 817, 955. Um, obviously, this was his highest touchdown total. Um, and he followed up this 10 touchdown year with uh, eight last year. Or So I think if you're looking for that touchdown upside, then you, you can you can, you can draft him in the middle rounds and be semi-okay. It's just really you won't know when to play him on game day. I think that's going to be the toughest part. Yeah, as I, as I mentioned, I think he's best as a, you know the fourth running back on your bench that uh, is a breaking case of emergency type of situation. So Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill currently uh, in Tennessee, coming off a very, very big year, uh, QB7. Now, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here because I'm going to take you back to his days in Miami. Mm -hmm. Uh, He spent six years, I believe, in Miami. This is eight years in his uh, career in total. Uh, In those six years there, his best fancy finish was as a QB eight. He had one top uh, quarterback, uh, top ten quarterback finish. Mm-hmm. Now, his stats there: he was forty two and forty six as a starter. He threw for twenty thousand yards and uh, one hundred twenty three touchdowns and seventy five interceptions. He completed about sixty two percent of his passes, and uh, he still got it done on the ground. There, he had two hundred attempts for twelve hundred yards and six touchdowns. Now let's talk about his time in tennessee it's uh-huh. 18 and 8 as a starter it's two years it's uh past 516 or uh yeah 767 times and he's completed 67 percent. so uh he's obviously seen his completion percentage go up since he moved to tennessee now he did lose arthur smith which should it can be a little bit concerning but his Touchdown to interception ratio is just outstanding. 55 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Remember, 123 and 75 in Miami. Now that's six years, but he's still only thrown 13 interceptions in two years here at Tennessee. On top of that, he's had 6,000 pass yards, and uh, he's also still running the ball. He's only had 86 attempts here, but he's run for 450 yards, and he's got 11 touchdowns as opposed to the six in Miami. Now, Obviously, this all points back to Adam Gase and how he ruins players and how Ryan Tannehill has risen from the ashes to prove the quarterback that he can be. 
in 2019 when he took over for Marcus Mariota, I believe uh, in week seven. Uh-huh. From week seven on, he finished as the quarterback three in fantasy football. You like that? You love that. And now, and now, the Titans added Julio Jones to the offense. All those concerns about where those tar- or not really concerns, but all those targets that went away and everyone thought were going to AJ Brown are now potentially going to go Julio's way as well. And this only raises the floor for Ryan Tannehill, who already has uh, the added bonus of being a running quarterback as well. He was side getting note, drafts. Yep, go for it. Side side note: uh, People want to fade AJ Brown because of the Julio Jones signing. I am not one of those people. But go on. Not a chance. But anyways, I think the rushing upside with Ryan Tannehill it provides a safe floor. He scored under his projected totals only six times in 2020. So uh, for all those projection people who live by those, he only scored under those six times. He got drafted. He was getting drafted in the ninth round in June, and now we're into August, and he is in the eighth round. This is, uh, I think, after the dust settling from the Julio Jones trade. You've really gotten to see where he's getting settled and who he's nestled in between here on these ADPs. And I'll tell you, mm-hmm. a quarterback who's going right around the same pick is Joe Burrow. You going Joe Burrow or Ryan Tannehill? I think if Joe Burrow didn't have the injury and he was coming back from the injury, but all signs are that he's you know, recovering pretty decent. You know, um, I know he's not going to play in the preseason opener here coming up, but... The, the amount of pass attempts that Joe Burrow had before the injury, I don't think it's going to change. They're, you know, that Bengals offense is still kind of built the way it was last year. They didn't take an offensive lineman. They took another receiver with the fifth overall pick. So it's only going to boost what they need to do to keep up. Their defense will be okay. But uh, if back to back to Burrow versus Tannehill, though, if Tannehill was getting those pass attempts, then I would definitely agree. I do want to note, and I don't have the guy's name, their new offensive coordinator was the previous tight ends coach. Yes, um, yeah, he so was. So I do, I do like how they do have that continuity and for, for the Titans, and they will kind of keep the same structure in-house. I'm probably going to take Ryan Tannehill because Julio Jones is there now. I really do think that's going to open up the offense um, a lot more having that number two because Julio Jones is an up an upgrade from Corey Davis. Right. And the whole Derrick Henry side of things, you know, it's, it's a Titans that they promoted from within, which is great. So you can expect more of the same from that offense. I don't think this guy's going to come in and get a big head and try and change too much. He knows what succeeds there. And I think that's a big part of why they promoted from within if you remember Mark Sanchez, his first couple years with the Jets, they ran a similar offense where they were just running the ball with LaDainian Tomlinson and um, Joe McKnight, uh, rest in peace. But they're running this offense with all these guys. And when they asked Sanchez to throw, he was, you know, on these bootlegs wide open, you know, and he only completed a little over 53% of his passes those first two years in, in the Jets. And I say the first two years because that's when the Jets went to back-to-back AFC Championship games. But 
you know, they were very, very efficient, you know, and he was efficient in that time. And I think Tannehill, actually, I know Tannehill's a better quarterback than Mark Sanchez. And so I'm I'm comfortable, and that's it's crazy because I wasn't saying that at this time last year because, again, we've only saw, you know, his half a season and Derrick Henry just, you know, going crazy on the league, and you didn't know if it was going to repeat. Um, so I'm a little bit more comfortable with Tannehill this year. Um, offensive coordinator change withstanding. I th- I think, again, it's more the same with this offense. I, I think Tannehill has proven after the half a season he played, you know, whatever, and the full season he just put out there, I think he's more than proven the quarterback and the player he is. And uh-huh. I forget about those six years in Miami. You have to remember he was hurt a lot of the time in Miami. You know, he had the uh-huh. one top 10 finish, as I mentioned, and he's already exceeded that in two years with the Titans. I think he's good. I think, again, the promoting from within only helps this offense. Julio Jones, that's more confidence in Ryan Tannehill to spread the ball around because Corey Davis is a different type of receiver than Julio Jones. He's going to not necessarily command the ball, but he's going to be a nice safety blanket for Ryan Tannehill down there. And let's not forget that they play in not like the worst division in football, but a division that's not great. But let's be real. The Texans are arguably the worst franchise in like all. How many major sports are there? I'm just going to say six. Yeah, and there's uncertainty with the uh, Colts offense now with the injuries to Carson Wentz and uh, Quinn Nelson. Jacksonville still trying to kind of figure their way with a new quarterback and a uh, rookie rookie head coach as well. And uh, this is set up for the Titans to really get on a hot start uh, right away. Uh, I like how their schedule opens up as well too. Um, and so I think, Definitely looking at how Tannehill has taken care of the ball as well. He has not thrown double-digit interceptions um, since joining Tennessee and where he only threw double-digit interceptions when he was with Miami. So there was also, also a 10-fumble season in there too where um, he's definitely cleaned up a lot of that. So you're not going to get those back-breaking turnovers. And um, I think Tannehill will get you some of those huge blow-up games too that you can definitely bank on and, and end up winning your weeks for absolutely and i'm just going to go back to the adps here really quick Uh, i mentioned joe burrow going around him here are some of the skill position players we've got guys like hunter henry and logan thomas at tight end uh robbie anderson and debo samuel tyler boyd and this is in the eighth round still Mm -hmm. um so this is actually right around where you can get Kenyon Drake. He's uh, at the 811. Kenyon Drake's at the 903. So mm-hmm. really in that same area um, in front of him, running back, not really a lot going on. Gus Edwards is the only running back around him until you get to that Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, and Tony Pollard uh, run. Yeah, um, there is a sweet spot at quarterback um, in those rounds right there where you can – Look at a Joe Burrow, a Ryan Tannehill, a Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, maybe a round earlier would be a Tom Brady. A round earlier in that would be Aaron Rodgers. But that's a it's a nice little sweet spot there at quarterback. And if I was waiting for quarterback, I would wait until some of those guys would fall. And if Ryan Tannehill is my guy, I'm I'm definitely okay with that. I'll probably draft another quarterback, maybe a little bit later, like a, a Baker Mayfield or maybe even a Ben Roethlisberger, who 
you know, had lost some weight recently too. So, but we'll we'll see. Or Kirk Cousins, someone that has kind of an opening, nice, uh, nice opening to their season. Uh, but I, yeah, I do think that you can be okay with uh, Ryan Tannehill. And again, he was a top ten quarterback last year, man. Yeah, absolutely. if Ryan Tannehill falls into my lap, I am very happy. 